Good luck. Puts on the step, goes right through, puts on the step again. Oh, go pretty. That was magnificent stuff. Well, I shall not believe them. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Mullins opens up again. Oh, look at him go. He beats O'Davis on the outside. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Voluntary Tackle. The only NRL podcast prepared to watch every rerun of I Dream of Genie in the hope of catching a glimpse of a Barbara Eden nip slip. I'm your host, Eamon Brown, and today on the show, we are putting what precious little money we have where our collective foul mouths are in a bid to predict what will happen in the upcoming 2022 season. We will stump up and give our ladder predictions, surprise packets, and likely controversies to occur this year, all the while doing so with the awkward intensity of a Tom Dravojevic effort base. Before we get started, please, if you have time, rate and or review the show wherever you're listening to the podcast to ensure the boys have plentiful supplies of Kingston biscuits laced with Novichok. They're deliciously creamy with a radioactive kick that no other stat can possibly provide. So please do rate the show and follow us on Twitter at the handle at Voluntary Tackle to keep up to date with our absurd views on the wonderful world of rugby league. But first, I'm joined in the Sports Best Friends studios by two men who make the Cray Twins look like piss-weak members of the Wiggles. The first is Xander Risotto. Welcome, sir. Good to be back, mate. Week two. Excellent to have you with us. Yeah, week two. This is a, this is a run for us. I know. Uh, the second the second in the studio is Media Watch Mario. Thank you for joining us, sir. A pleasure to be back, and I do apologise again to all the listeners for missing last week and allowing the Roosters circle jerk to occur. Yeah, look, uh, I was going to address this at the top of the show. Uh, Xander, you may not be aware of this, I'm not sure, but uh, Mario did go on quite the Twitter tirade during the week. He wasn't happy with our positivity um, reflected in the way of the Roosters, specifically Trent Robinson. But I I say this to you, Mario, first and foremost, it's very difficult to critique someone who is a supreme being. It would be like ripping into Dylan Alcott for not being taller. It's just a very difficult proposition. I'm not going to bother arguing because, as you've mentioned pre-recording, we're short on time, so I'm just going to let you have that because people are used to Roosters fans being up themselves unjustifiably, so let's just accept that. I mean, I think on. we should just, you know, we should probably rename the podcast into, uh, you know, the, the, the Roosters TBT, I don't know, something something with Easts in the title. I mean, we you know, you're, you're effectively an honorary Roosters member at this point, um, Mario. I, oh, I, I, I consider you one of us. That is the worst thing I, that you've ever said to me, and there's been many bad things. <laughs> and and to that, Xander, that comment, I say, oh, let's crack open the first beer of the night. I enjoyed that. Uh, look, inspired by our talk last week, Xander, um, especially about Michelangelo's David, I've actually sculpted a similar statue of Robbo during the week. I've immortalised him wearing nothing but his premiership rings, uh, so he's pretty much fully clothed, as you can imagine. Um, now, as mentioned at the top of the show, we'll be laying down our expert predictions for the season ahead. And I'll be taking uh, the first 20-metre tap and starting the proceedings, beginning with a team I think will finish in first place. And after that, we'll have a brief chat about what surprises we think are in store for the team and finish with what controversies will plague them. Bearing in mind, we can't all answer Tyrone May sex tape for every single one. Kicking off in number one spot... Uh, this might seem boring, uh, but I have the Melbourne Storm. Um, now, before you guys jump in, uh, they've lost some talent. They've lost names like uh, Finucane, Hines, Josh Adokar. Uh, but on the flip side, they have got Xavier Coates. And from what I understand, Munster, for a change, 
is actually training down the house after going into rehab, which is going to help him because obviously his form last year was not great. He was well below his best. They were seriously stung by their performance last year as well in that last game um, against Penrith. They played probably their poorest game of the year. And knowing Craig Bellamy, that will not sit well with him. But that's my take on it. We've got to go to you first, media. How do you see the chances of the Melbourne Storm this year? People would think that I'm just being my usual anti-Melbourne self, but I've actually got them down in fifth. Now, that might sound like a huge drop, but I've, in my opinion, there's only going to be one or two games between the entire top five, which I think will be a clear, a clear gap over the rest of the field. So although the Storm will slide to fifth, I think there's still every chance of getting through to the grand final with all that experience they've got and with the team with a few new guys rapidly improving throughout the year. Interesting take there. He's got them out of the top four, Xander. Where do you have the Storm? So I actually have them at third. Um, I did note all the losses. I, I, I just don't see them falling too much. I still think that they're, you know, every time we, we predict that, oh, they've lost this or that player, you know, they're, they're just not going to be able to repeat their, uh, the feats of previous years. They they always manage to effectively turn a bunch of players that we think are crap into superstars. So even though they have lost a lot, um, you know, as you say, uh, Fanukin, uh, Hines, uh, Adokar, you know, a lot, a lot of backline power there as well. Um, I, I do think, um, I just I just think that Bellamy knows how to get the best out of these teams and, and he, he's proven himself to be one of the most adaptable coaches every when they got rid of the you know really cracked down on wrestling they became one of the most expansive and open attacking uh, sides in the comp I just um, I, I can't see them dropping too much I think that they won't be I don't think they'll, they'll get the minor premiership again but I think they'll be top four for sure interesting take look in terms of surprises for me it'll be uh, the form of Xavier Coates I actually think he'll score more tries this year than Josh Adokar did last year from what I understand, uh, I've listened to a couple of the Storm guys talk, including Craig Bellamy on various podcasts, and all three have mentioned how humble the guy is and how well he's taken to the Melbourne Storm system. So that gives me hope that uh, he's going to have a good year. In fact, he was obviously playing pretty well in a team that was struggling uh, up at the Princeton Broncos. So um, it bodes well for him. I can sort of foresee quite a few Jerome Hughes cross kicks coming his way. Uh, we'll go with you first, Media. Where do you think the surprises will be for the Storm? You guys haven't mentioned is actually Nick Meany. I see him being the the big um, surprise packet for a lot of people who have just sort of ruled him out as being relevant because he came from the Bulldogs. But I think he's got every every possibility of being everything that, um, that Heath Ledger was last year for the Storm. And, mm. you know, I think that he could end up not only filling in at number 14, but potentially taking on that number one role when Pappenhausen, you know, well, you know, in, things inevitably happen to him again. Yeah, when someone pulls his daft mullet. That is an interesting one, Xander. Apparently, uh, Nick Meany is uh, going to be wearing the 14 jersey, which is something I haven't seen him do. Where do you see the surprises being for the Storm this year? I actually uh, find the the um, acquisition of uh, William Warbrick from from the New Zealand Rugby Sevens is an interesting one. Uh, so I'm I actually think that'll be a bit of a surprise. It's it's very left field. Not too many people will will know what to expect there. But the, the, that kind of goes with what I just uh, said about their ethos of embracing a very open and expansive style of play. So I think that um, we'll see more of that, and it'll probably be an even higher tempo game from them. Uh, than we, than we even saw last year. So that's kind of my tip for the surprise is that there'll be a real explosive uh, start uh, 
by the the storm and and with a very expansive sort of almost sevens esque style of play uh, with this with this young guy uh, William Warbrick. Well, I should have tipped there was a rugby union angle coming from you at the top of the show. I didn't see it coming. That's my fault. I led with the chin. Look, in terms of controversies, uh, here's one that I've, I've got my crystal ball out, and this is one I see happening. I think Craig Bellamy ends up ditching the coaching gig halfway through the year to have a crack at some new love on maths. Things will go swimmingly at first for Bellyache and his much younger wife, Serena, but fall apart dramatically when he loses his mind over her lack of sexual proficiency in the bedroom. Mario, where do you see the controversies being for the Storm this year? I think they need to um, be very careful of any medical procedures at the Storm. I'm foreseeing Brandon Smith getting caught secretly injecting his teammates with hydroxychloroquine in the mistaken belief that it will you know, cancel out their COVID vaccines and save them from whatever the hell he thinks the problem is. Interesting. That could be uh, what's driving his very large cranium. Xander, what about you? I think that the Storm are probably done with controversies. My, my tip for controversy for the Melbourne Storm is that they won't have one. Um, it'll be Oof, a it'll be a very boring year for them, and uh, the major controversy will then just not be will will be them being a little bit more mediocre than everyone expected. There you go. Well, at the very least, they'll know how to sweep it under the rug a little bit better than last time. There'll be no one with uh, several iPhones in the room the next time they're doing a few lines of coke, and that'll be good for everybody because let's face it, everyone should get off their face every now and again. Um, look, I'm going to move on to the next team and number two on the ladder. Uh, again, not a particular surprise, not a bolter. It's the Penrith. Panthers, whilst looking decidedly weaker on the left side there with Staines and a guy called Isaac Togo, who I don't know much about, young guy. He could surprise me. But this team is still stacked with talent and they will be young and hungry enough to want to go back to that. They'll want, they'll be arrogant enough, in fact, to want to go back to back. Uh, we'll start with you, Xander. Where did you have the Penrith Panthers finishing? Um, yeah, so like you, I had them a second as well for all the same reasons. I just... You know, there hasn't really been uh, like a huge loss of talent. So they've lost. They've lost Matt Burton He's and Abby Corusau. Um, sorry, no, Abby Corusau's next year, isn't it? Um, Brent Naden, yeah, not a huge loss. I mean, you know, he was pretty good, but I think he was always more serviceable than, than Stella. And he wasn't really playing for them half the time. Yeah, he was out of favour yeah. with them. Tavita Pangai, mate, he's four weeks. That won't be there. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. So they, they won't have uh, Tavita Pangai. Although, you know, to be fair, GC, he, he did all right for them uh, after after leaving the shambles that was the Broncos. So no, I, I can't see them. Um, I can't see them dropping too much in form. And I, like you said, I think that they're um, they they do have seem to have a really good team chemistry. And um, just given that core group are all still together, um, yeah, I could I could see them going back to back. I'm hoping they won't, um, but I could see them going back to back. Well, I had them first at the start of the week, but then um, the chin was ruled out for the first game or possibly the first couple of games, which means Manly's going to beat them this weekend where I, I had picked Manly to lose, so I've changed that. So Penrith have now slipped down to third on my ladder from first. Yeah, I think that's some pretty valid. Uh, obviously, he's a huge linchpin of this team, but as we know, um, they've got a depth of talent there where they can get away with wins without him, the chin, the younger. Um, that's going to be a cracker of a game, by the way, to open up round one, Manly versus Penrith. I think it'll be very close. I'm obviously barracking for Manly, Mario, because you are my kinship brother on the podcast world. In terms of surprises, for me, it will be the form of Viliami Kikau. I actually think he could struggle to find his feet um, this year and actually get relegated to the bench in place of Matt Eisenhuth, who actually played pretty consistent footy when he was there last year. I thought Kikau's form was actually trailing off in 2021, and I think he might be having one eyeball 
on his club switch to the Bulldogs next year and not quite be as hungry as he was. Um, that's my surprise for the Penny Panthers. What about you, Xander? This is going to be very controversial, but I think that um, their, their worst performing player uh, will actually be uh, the chin himself. I think that um, you know he'll be drunk on power. That thinking, is huge. Yes, thinking that he's the um, you know the best in the world, and that it'll actually be um, uh, Luai that shines more. And um, I'm I'm just picking a very mediocre mediocre year um, for for Nathan Cleary, uh, just just because really. Just because you hate his face, <laughs> which is fair enough. What about you, Mario? I think just how shit Charlie Staines turns out to be this year will be counterbalanced by Brian Toto actually getting to play a full season, and he's my pick for top, top try scorer of the year. I'll tell you what, that's not a bad bet. What, you know, what is he paying out of interest, do you know? Uh, no idea. That's right, you're not a gambler, I keep forgetting. It's so rife in Australia, I keep forgetting that there is an Australian male out there without a gambling addiction. No, uh, <laughs> what a player Brian Toto is. I, I hope he has a great year just because I love watching him play. Uh, in terms of controversies, for me, it'll be Tyrone May. I know I'm going against what I said at the top of the show, but I think he will end up creating a viral mashup video of his latest sex tape, uh, one that ultimately builds a pretty handy case against him for the district attorney to prosecute. Uh, Xander, controversies for Penrith? Uh, this year, I, I suspect, um, and I, it's a bit of an obvious one, but I, I just suspect that uh, there's going to be some stupid uh, social media video coming out with the, the, the player breaking some form of protocol. Um, obviously, it won't be COVID at this point, at least we don't think. But I don't know, maybe somebody doing a pro-Russian salute. Um, just some, something out of left field that is really stupid on social media. <laughs> Jeez, that would be bold. That would be bold. I wouldn't put it past Tyrone, mate, to be honest. Um it could well be the Capewell sex, glory hole sex video, but look, we won't go there. Uh, Mario, what about the controversy out at Penrith for you? Well, given they don't have Matt Burton to replace um, Cleary anymore when he's injured and they're going to struggle these at the start of the year and realise just how short they are in the halves, when Origin rolls around, Nathan Cleary is going to bring his, his boy Tyrone May back to Penrith and install him as club captain only for Tyrone to run away with, with the chinette to Ukraine to become a freedom fighter. Wow, so you both have pro-Russian angles. I mean, if that happens this year, I just can't imagine what NRL 360 will do. They'll go into hyperdrive. Look, I'm going to move on to the next team. Uh, third place for me, I have my beloved Sydney Roosters. I do think it will be a much more successful year for the Tricolours, especially after two years of being injury-stricken. Um, I think that amazingly deep roster they have should keep them chugging away nicely uh, obviously question marks still remain for me over the competency of our number nine uh, whether it's Verrills, whether it's uh, Connor Watson whether it's uh, Freddie Lussick um, they're all decent players but they're they're not at the caliber of a lot of the other number nines the other little question mark I have is actually over the durability of our halves I love them huge talent to burn but you know, between Sam Walker and, and Luke Keary, they're about one concussion away from early retirement. Um, look, that's where I have the Chooks. Mario, I might start with you, mate. Where do you have them? Well, thanks to that Cleary injury, and I mentioned how close everything was for the top five, Roosters have now moved up to first on my ladder. Ooh, he's got us minor premiers, Xander. Unbelievable. Can you believe it's come from such a pro-manly mouthpiece? Well, this is this is why I said, you know, I, I consider him effectively an honorary rooster. This it's for, it's for this sort of cold logic where he we just he he appreciates mm. he appreciates what we have to offer, uh, despite the fact that we may not be his favourite team. Mario, would you ever consider getting a David Barnhill tattoo on your ass? 
I'd rather do it on my bald head in, you know, in honor and celebration of the great man. That's a brilliant answer. There can be nothing more said. Xander, where do you have the roosters on the ladder? Yeah, so um, uh, like Mario, actually, I had his first as well. Um, I, I'm genuinely impressed with the lineup we've got. I'm assuming that they don't get decimated with injuries. I do think we have one of the best looking uh, teams in the comp at the moment. Um, I, I'm actually. Uh, you mean physically, as in they're all hunks? <laughs> well, like, I mean, you know. They're representing the eastern suburbs, so that kind of goes without saying. But uh, yeah, they have access to all the great skincare products. That's don't right, they? and plenty of Botox and also implants. In terms of the players we've lost, we, we kind of did without last year anyway. You know, I mean, like Mo- Brett and Josh Morris both retired. You know, that we kind of had uh, didn't have uh, uh, the best of them the back of last year anyway. Jake Friend, we didn't really have Corden, we didn't really have Copley again. You know, not really there. Um, Really, it's been more gains for us. I mean, you know, getting getting Watson um, and Paul Momrovsky, who, you know, now at the age of 25 has two premiership rings. If they can stay fit, they're a real shot. The halves combination uh, as well, like having having um, half a season under under his belt for Walker and, and then Kiri back as well. I just think that uh, there's, there's a ton of creativity there and... Um, yeah, they could they could really they could really make a statement this year. While all eyes will be on superstars in the making like Suwali, for me the real emergence will come from Billy Smith and Paul Momorowski, who become one of the deadliest centre wing combinations in the game. That's my call, Mario. What about your surprises at Bondi? I'm a big fan of Sam Verrills, and I see him cementing that number nine spot as his own and becoming, you know, in the conversation for top five hookers. Well, that's a big call because he offered just behind Lachlan Croker, just behind Lachlan Croker, of course. Well, naturally, naturally behind a manly player. Um, Xander, (laughs) where do you see your surprises? Do you agree with the Verils thing? I I think, I mean, I've always been a fan of Verils, but I I actually uh, sort of partially agree with you. My 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 surprise was that Billy Smith was going to have a real breakout year after having had a couple of um, very um, stilted years with with extremely bad luck. I think that. you know, this is a guy that's shown a ton of promise, done incredibly well, um, been through the system, has, has taken um, his injuries really well. Like he's he's managed them, you know, despite the fact he's he's had his seasons curtailed uh, quite cruelly. Um, I th- I'm expecting big things from this year. I think he's going to have a, a really cracking 2022. Yeah, it's a weird one with his bad luck. I assume you're referring to injuries, because yeah. if you were referring to being stalked by Sam Burgess, that wouldn't be bad luck. It's probably quite <laughs> mainstream. From what I understand at South, looking at the dossier report, most people get stalked by Sam. Uh, but when it comes to controversies, lads, I actually, uh, for mine, it uh, involves Big Nick. I actually think uh, Nick Politis will perform on the Mark Singer this year. Um, his costume, of course, will be a giant paper brown bag, which will woo the crowd. But ultimately, it'll be Nick's Sinatra-esque voice that ultimately captures the heart of the nation. After winning the show, he successfully embeds his winnings as part of the Roosters' third-party agreement structure, naturally. Mario, controversies at Bondi, where do you see it? I feel like there's a lot of hits coming. Uh, well, my, mine's, mine's pretty mine's pretty simple. It certainly involves Uncle Nick as well, actually. It, I just I foresee that frustrated by a round six season-ending Sam Walker concussion, the ghost of Uncle Nick runs onto the field in a Roosters onesie, grabs the ball, runs the length of the field to score, and rob the Warriors of their first win of the season. Oh, I love it. And, of course, it involves Nick Politis being dead, Zender. What about you? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that took a real macabre turn. <laughs> Just, you know, I mean, you know, I, he, looks, he looks pretty healthy to me. Like, 
like a very healthy leather bag, but still. Um, mm. He's held together with stem cells. <laughs> um, yeah, look, major controversy of the year, um, I think, will be uh, Brandon Smith leaving the Melbourne Storm mid-season to join us because they've got the shits with him uh, talking about how much he wanted to play under Trent Robinson. I love it. I fucking hope that's true. I hope that comes true. I don't think it will, but it is my wet dream over the last seven or eight days. Look, uh, moving into fourth place, this might be my first bolter of the evening, but I actually think the St. George Illawarra Dragons will claim fourth spot. Now, gents, but hear me out here. The club has survived cancer. Of course, I refer to the uh, Corey Norman remission. And this will actually allow the Big Red V to soar to new heights. I think Ben Hunt will have a confident year behind a vastly improved pack, which includes recruits like Jaden Sewer, uh, George Burgess, Aaron Woods. But it is, of course, uh, Sloan. He's the man who really excites me. Uh, he plays with the confidence of a man 100 games in and has talent across all areas. At first, I thought it was just a very evasive man with a great step and he was fast. But it turns out during the trials, he can also pass and has a great long kicking game. So there's nothing he can't do. For me, if he stays on the park, he will set them on fire this year. I want whatever you're having because you, you must be high as a kite right now. I've got the I've got the dragons in thirteenth and lucky to be there. Aaron Woods sucks. George Burgess sucks. Moses Sawley will suck away from Des Hasler as he always has before and be an absolute cancer on that club. I like I did last year. I wish nothing but the worst for Dragon fans because that's what they're going to get. Well, I think uh, Mario's sitting on the fence there, Xander. What about you? Um, so, again, you know, Mario and I are, um, are clearly on the same wavelength. I had them exactly at 13th. Uh, so, um, yeah, look, I, I think I think you make a good case. It, you know, they've, 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 um, they've got some steel up front. Uh, like, I think Jaden Sewer is, is a genuinely impressive player, but I also agree that George Burgess is not. Um, so, you know, half, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. They've gained Aaron Woods. Um, I've never, don't think I've ever, ever heard anyone refer to him as a gain. Um, well, to be fair, it's a beardless one, I think, <laughs> which I think he usually plays better when he's beardless. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. The Dragons have just been so perennially disappointing. Um, uh, and I just don't think there's 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 an awful lot of uh, creativity in in the way that they um their their setup operates. Um, so no, I mean like I don't I don't hate them in the same way that uh, that Mario does. Um, but uh, I just yeah, I, I, there's to me their their uh, acquisitions wouldn't fill me with with a super amount of hope. I mean you know they've they've lost Dufty, McKinnis, you know. Um, uh, yeah, even like even Vaughan, um, I know he wasn't the best, but like he he like when he was playing well, he's a rep player. So yeah, I just I, I struggle to see them in the top eight, let alone the top four. Well, I also like their backline. I think it's um it's full of people who are powerful runners, and I think they'll score some points. But that's my view. You're very free to disagree and even throw some slander and abuse in my face. Thanks, Mario, for that one. Surprises, uh, Tariq Sims. I think he will recapture his best career form after being stung by the club and told he was not part of their future plans. At Fire in the Belly, uh, we'll see him have his best season to date. Xander, what about you? What are your surprises over at the Dragons? Um, so my surprise is that Anthony Griffin uh, quits uh, as the head coach and uh, leaves to start his new career as an impersonator of John Wayne. Well, we could see that coming, doesn't he? He's got the hips for it. Uh, Mario, what about you? What about in terms of surprises at the Dragons? Ben Hunt will win the Dally M halfback of the year. Oof. And what are you putting that down to? Just some renewed vigour? 
Because it's certainly uh, not him playing behind a better forward pack, according to you. No, but he is a very... I just think he's a very good halfback, and for whatever reason, people are going to see it this year. Okay, I love it. I hope for his sake um, we do, because he's been a very depressed man in recent years. Uh, in terms of controversies, for me, I think it will be that lovely gent, Corey Norman. I think he will attempt to lead the club astray again, this time by returning to St George and holding a barbecue at Rolf Harris's place. Thankfully, only Jack DeBellin turns up and the rest of the team thinks better of it. Although there is no widespread controversy, a wobble board does come forward to allege it was inappropriately touched. What about you, media? Uh, when Tyrell Sloan fails to handle first-grade footy, the Dragons will stun the world by bringing Emma Tonegaso into the position and proceed to go on a four-game winning streak. Okay, just the four games. Yeah, that's all they're going to win for the whole year, maybe. So. <laughs> I was just teeing you up there, mate. Well, well hit. Um, Xander, <laughs> what about you? Uh, so my, my controversy for the year um, is... Uh, I really don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving along to fifth place now. I actually have the Cronulla Sharks. Now, a lot's been said about their improved performance in the trials and a, a fair few predictions um, that the people down on the Shire will actually make a, a move up the ladder this year. I, I'm inclined to agree that they will. I don't know by how much, uh, but fifth seems like a pretty good spot to me. Pretty smart recruitment in the off-season. You've got Finucane, Hines, Cam McInnes, all pretty brilliant players in their own way, in their own right and in different ways. I don't see these guys necessarily lighting up the comp, uh, but they will show a steady hand and put most sides away for a grindy new approach under coach Craig Fitzgibbon. Xander, we're going to start with you. Uh, where did you have the Cronulla Sharks in 2022? So pretty close to you, actually. I had them at sixth. Um, so I, I think they're going to be one of the, the great improvers this year. Um, I think you're right there. Their recruitment has been really strong. But I also just think that, you know, obviously... Uh, with my biased Roosters hat on, I, I just really rate Craig Fitzgibbon. I think he's going to have a, a great first year in, uh, as a as a um, head coach. And um, yeah, as you said, their trial form has actually been, you know, it's been pretty promising so far for me. Now, Mario, as we know, you can only take so much from trials. Uh, is the great Craig Fitzgibbon going to be the change agent or is it more about their roster? Where do you have the Sharks this year? I'm very confused how you've managed to have Manly, Parramatta and South all plummet from their previously lofty positions, but we'll be curious how we get to that when we when we get to them. I've got um, Crowell Sharks again agreeing with Xander. I have them in sixth place, so we've all got them shooting up the ladder, it seems. Mario, you're a little bit worried you uh, seem to be in such strict consensus with Xander in this episode. I haven't mentioned rugby at all until I just did it so right now. So at least there's only so much uh, unanimity between our opinions. Fair enough. Look, in terms of surprises, for me, uh, while the Sharks uh, will struggle to score as many points as they would like, I do think the club will go on to create one of the best defensive lines in the league this year again, on the back of that steely nature that Craig Fitzgibbon will bring. It's the kind of the way he played. He was no frills. He just cut you down at the waist, try to shit down your neck, and then have a beer with you afterwards because he's a good guy. Xander, what about you in terms of surprises for Cronulla? So I, I, I think uh, I think the point about their defence is, um, is, is a fair one, but I actually think that uh, with their acquisitions, I, I reckon they're going to be one of the top to- point scorers this year. Um, I, I just like the look of their their um, uh, their backline, actually. Um, mm. So I'm, I I, th- I think that uh, Fitzgibbon will have learned quite a lot of uh, you know from his time at the Roosters, not just on the defensive side of things, but I think he's going to 
bring quite a bit of few uh, quite a few surprises from uh, an attack standpoint as well so I actually reckon they'll they'll be up there I'm curious Xander who's going to do the damage then in that back line if they're going to go on a point scoring rampage who's going to be the man for you that will cross the white stripe multiple times <laughs> I don't know if I really want to be talking about white stripes and, and rugby league players mate the Sharks had a CEO very infamously doing uh, lines of coke on his desk that's why there were so many strange signings I think at one point he gave eight billion dollars to Paul Gallen for eight weeks that's uh, right. which we all knew was wrong Mario what about you in terms of surprises for the Sharks Mine is for Will Kennedy to play so well that he um, kicks Gutho out of the extended origin squad to be the you know the token hanger on you know drinks carry or whatever you know in the conversation but there's no way in hell with the fullbacks ahead of him that he's gonna make the actual team but I think he'll be good enough to move Gutho out of the way. I tell you what, he's damn talented and he was very, very impressive last year. And just for my two cents, wow, for such a great player, didn't Gutho have a terrible State of Origin campaign when he did make the team? Look, we're going to go to controversies for the Sharks. Uh, For me, it will be Toby Rudolph who will claim halfway through the season that he is a one-fifth Dothraki and therefore lay claim to the land of Shark Park. He will lose his bid for the lad grab at the hands of Fitzgibbon, who despite being older, smaller and less strong, defeats Toby through his trademark work rate and fitness. Xander, what about you in terms of controversies for the Sharks? Uh, it's it's going to be a bit of a weird controversy, but I think Matt, Matt Nicavalo, uh will um, will earn the ire of the Roosters by not dropping the ball all season. Um, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out that uh, it was actually all a ploy um, so that he would be given, you know, given leave uh, so he could go and follow Craig Fitzgibbon and that actually he was a better player than we all uh, we all thought he was uh, and that he was just dropping the ball to piss us off. I mean, look, I said something pretty fanciful about the Sharks, but Matt Ikevalu not dropping a ball, that is absolute fantasy. Uh, I'm expecting Julia Stiles to be a surprise guest at Shark Park for a game. Chaos will ensue when Nico Ledger-Hines grabs a microphone mid-game and starts dancing up the seats towards her to the tune of Can't Take Myers Off You. He does look eerily like Heath Ledger, doesn't he? He really does. I'm assuming he's going to put on some dark makeup at some point and, you know, go search out and kill Batman. And the only issue there, obviously, is he looks exactly like Heath, except for his teeth, which he's, he's got a bit of a messy grill, which looks a little bit more like Heath Ledger post-OD. Uh, but look, we're going to go to number six on the ladder, and you're going to like this. Uh, well, I think you will, Mario, because it's the Manly Seagulls. So much hinges on Tommy Turbo, doesn't it, when it comes to Manly. This side is about one bad hamstring away from missing the finals, uh, which is always a worry for me. And I also have doubts about this Ford pack, uh, which I've voiced to you several times, Mario. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but um, it's not as consistent as some of the top clubs. And for me, that will hurt when trying to match it with the top teams, which is why I do have them down in sixth. Uh, Before we get to Mario, I'm going to go to you, Xander. Where have you got the mighty Eagles this year? Uh, so I had them in fifth, actually. I, I just I, I hear what you're saying uh, about the the forward pack not being terribly convincing, but I just last year when when Manly were on, they were just one of the most exciting attacking sides in the competition. Um, like you say, I mean, a lot of it do, does come down to to Tommy Turbo, but Jesus, they there there were a few there were a few sides that could that could break teams open. Um, or few players that could break teams open more uh, more effectively than than uh, than Turbo, and I think that once when, when they're all there, um, 
you know, as a fit side, they're they're one of the more um, threatening teams on the park. I think, Mario, for me, before we throw to you, I guess another concern I have is that, you know, when Tommy was going on his rampage with a few other players at Manly who were in good form, it did tend to be against the lesser sides. I wonder if, you know, he can actually be as damaging against those top couple of sides. If, they, if he can, obviously, Manly are in with a real shot. But it did appear last year that he was sort of beating the older, weaker teams, a bit like, you know, the Rockwood, an elderly man with Alzheimer's. But I want to see how you saw it. Well, I'm glad that you're describing the Roosters as one of the weaker teams, that, given that Tommy absolutely carved them up. Well, we were, mate. But, we were. And also Parramatta, you know, one of the top teams that he carved up and we put 50 on them. So I'm not particularly concerned about that at all. In terms of that forward pack, uh, we, apart from Marty, our forward pack is filled with a bunch of young guys, all of whom are going to be better than they were last year. And we've added Ethan Voidmore, who, spoiler alert, is my surprise packet for the season for Manly. He's going to absolutely kill it there in the back row or in the middle. The guy is really, really good. He's a great tri-snake close to the line. I think Manly's pack is going to be considerably better than they were last year, and I have Manly finishing second. I don't know if that is just straight bias, but I enjoyed it well, regardless. Well, I don't know if you actually listened to the interview that I did with Simon, but he stressed that the most important thing, in, and historically the stats all backed it up, was continuity and, you know, the players staying consistent. Now, there is no team in the competition that has better continuity compared to last year than Manly. And I would say next to them is probably Parramatta, uh, in terms of the two teams with the best continuity, the most roster stability from last season, uh, in terms of the same, you know, similar 17 are going to be running out that were finishing the season, and that will have Manly humming right from the start. And having having Nathan Cleary injured in our round one clash is certainly helping us um, get off to a good start. No, fair enough. You make a good point about the continuity of the roster. That is a considerable factor. Uh, look, surprises for me, it'll be Josh Schuster who, after a breakout season, I think you'll have quite a quiet year suffering from that kind of second-year syndrome, even though I don't know if it is technically his second. I don't know if it's his third or not. Mario will correct me in a second. But uh, the real headline will go to, uh, I don't know, I hope I get his name right here, um, Hamali Olakowatu. Um, I, I was so impressed with this guy last year. Um, I know there were a few people giving him raps, but I don't think he got enough. Uh, I think he goes on to build an even better season than he has shown in the previous year, and he'll become one of the form second rowers of the comp. So in terms of that forward pack, Mario, I will give you him at the very least, but we'll go to Xander. Where do you see the fortunes of Manly, Xander? So yeah, my, my surprise for the year, and, and I know this is going to annoy Mario, but I actually reckon that Dylan Walker is going to have a real cracking year uh, for no other reason uh, than that it is the final year of his contract. Um, and he'll be wanting to prove his worth before he buggers off next year. Uh, I know he's going to the Warriors, but, you know, final year syndrome, I, I just actually think that he'll uh, he'll have a really cracking year um, just to prove a point to all the knockers at Manly that, that said he was crap and that he should get kicked off, and specifically uh, to prove a point to, to, to Mario, because I know he listens to the show. Well, I certainly hope he does have a cracking year, Xander, because we all know that if things don't go Dylan Walker's way, he's likely to bash you over the head with an Xbox. Um, in terms of controversies for me, I think it'll, it revolves around Morgan Harper. I think after finding out that he is, in fact, Lionel Richie's love child, uh, Harper pursues a short-lived music career. His signatures are mashups of Bob Marley tunes with the song Hello by Lionel Richie. After none of the songs chart, he moves into pornography 
where he puts his tackle in between other people's legs better than he ever did on the field. Mario, controversies, where do you see Manly this year? Your best place to deliver this. Well, with Dylan Walker leaving, Dez will finally drop him and Dylan will then snap on the sideline and start punching random spectators only for a visiting Curtis Scott to come out and king hit him before drunkenly collapsing on the field. Wow. I mean, that is a clash of the scumbags right there, isn't it? I'd pay, I actually would pay on main event to see that so long as each had a sort of Alec Baldwin-esque revolver in their pockets and we could see a potential double fatality. I'm going to move to seventh on the ladder now. Uh, for me, it's the Parramatta Eels. I haven't got them dropping out of the eight, Mario, as you might have alluded to earlier. But look, I'm not entirely sure what's driving all of the preseason hype other than the fact that the Parramatta Eels always have some pretty good preseason hype. This looks like a pretty similar side to me that has sort of failed to cut through when the whips are cracking in previous seasons. Now, while they played a, a cracker of a game against Penrith, and everyone keeps talking about it, they did precede that game with about two months of complete shit. Um, that's, I'm pretty sure, the same period that badly tore them a, a new asshole. Mario, I'm not sure. I have a feeling it was. Now, for some reason, that has uh, not got the focus of the headlines, and it's all been about that game against Penrith. But, of course, one swallow doesn't make a summer and I actually see them dropping a few spots this year. We're going to start with you first, though, Xander. Where do you see the Eels? So I had them uh, at seventh as well. Thought that they, they probably um, overperformed almost uh, last year. They were one of those sides that did seem to you know, do well against teams below them for the most part. As you said, they did uh, uh, perform well against against the Panthers in that sort of battle of the West. But um, yeah, I... I, I don't see I don't see enough in terms of their gains this year. I mean they've got what Bailey Simonson from the Raiders and, and Mitch Rain. Um, I, I I still fundamentally think their problem is in the halves. I don't think they have halves that can that can really take control of games. And um, yeah, I, I see them dropping a few places. I see other teams as being having more potential and and, and leapfrogging them. Mario, it does seem as though the Eels save up their best performances for Penrith. They're, they did play out some amazing games over the last couple of years for the Battle of the West, but outside of that, potentially they've been lacking. Do you agree with Xander that Mitch Rain isn't exactly making you have a rain dance? Look, you've loaded that question. No, Mitch Rain sucks and he adds nothing to any team ever. However, I do not agree with either of you about the fortunes of Parramatta. I certainly don't agree that they were shit to end the season. Yes, they were terrible against Manly. There's no question about it. But you forget that they beat and genuinely deserved to beat the Melbourne Storm twice last year, including in the lead-up to the finals. They beat the Storm, um, something that basically no one else had managed to do for a long time. Um, and then they went on to, as far as I'm concerned, fair and square beat the Panthers, just that unfortunately the refs decided that they weren't going to win that game, and that's just how it goes sometimes. I'm not saying it was cheating or anything like ridiculous like that, but the rub of the green went Panthers' way on the key decisions, and Parramatta deserved to win that game. Um, based on that, given they did that without their best player, Reed Marnie, I think enough of an in for the season for them is just the fact that Reed Marnie should hopefully play the full season. That is a huge improvement for them right there. But the biggest motivation, I think, that will drive anyone who's going to be there in 2023 is the fact that they all know the window closes this year. This is their last chance. And even for some of the players who are leaving, someone like Reed Marnie, he's never going to win a, a grand final at the Bulldogs. So this is his last chance too. For a lot of these guys, they've got to win this year or they've just that's it, you know, just go retire now because your chances are done. Go join club rugby or some shit, who cares? So I have Parramatta finishing fourth and going through to the grand final. 
in terms of surprises uh, for the Eels, I actually think Clint Gutherson uh, will outshine the halves that Xander was criticising earlier. I think both Moses and Brown will, will actually lay on less tri-assists than Clint Gutherson on his own. Uh, but despite Gutho's efforts, I think a lack of strike outside and a leaky defence will see the Eels struggle against the top clubs. Uh, surprises for you, Xander? Um, so I actually think that, uh, that this year um, is, is probably going to be a poor year for Mike Acebo. I know that um, he's been one of their stars of late, but the fact that he's he's going next year, um, I, I have a sus- suspicion that, uh, yeah, that he's, um, he's, leaving, he's leaving the... Um, He's leaving the game, is it, next year? Is he going to rugby? Um, I actually I, hadn't heard that. But yeah, because I know I. this is his last year. Um, on on the on the the gains and losses, he's uh, yeah, he, it, it just says he's um, he's out after this year. So I, anyway, I, I have a suspicion that um, that Sebo is probably going to have a bit of a quiet year, even and that they'll probably be left a little bit wanting out on that edge, um, despite the fact that you know he's probably been one of their top performers um, up until this point. Yeah, interesting thoughts. What about surprises for you, Mario? Well, I think you're um, thinking of 2020 there, Sander, because Sebo was shite last year and half of his fans were calling for him to be dropped and then he was injured for the latter half of the year. So he is another actual in that I basically forgot because he was pretty much invisible last year. Um, but my surprise that I've got is uh, Dylan Brown. I think he's a better player than showed last year. He was quite terrible, honestly, last year, but... Um, Mitchell Moses was sort of the first time towards the end of the year he's ever showed himself to be a bit what they call a clutch player that he really did sort of step up with Reed Marnie gone and I think that that experience for Mitchell Moses will help him be a better leader for the team this year which will help Dylan Brown then become a better player because he does need to lift his game I think I agree with you his last season was uh, was pretty shite um, his involvement rate seemed low and his confidence I think just seemed low um, moving on to controversies for the Eels, I'm going to stick with Gutho here. And despite having a great season, which I mentioned before, uh, the flamboyant number one sports a haircut that's so grotesque in round one that Fox Sports elects to pixelate Gutherson's head for the entire 80 minutes. Xander, what are we talking when we come to controversies? Where do you see that going? Uh, so I think that Brad Arthur's going to be sacked mid-season. Despite the fact that he's been re-signed and uh, they've 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 all signed Kumbaya together, I reckon they're going to drop enough form and it'll, that it'll be um, they'll make the eight based on on a massive coaching uh, switch mid-year uh, that'll see them regain their mojo. Uh, but I reckon that uh, this is Brad Arthur's last year. I keep, I've said that the last three years running, so I figure eventually <laughs> yeah. I'll be right. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's yeah you're really point. trying to drive his career into the ground. <laughs> I appreciate right. your consistency. Mario, controversies uh, over at Parramatta, where do you see it happening? Well, in the opening round this weekend, at the start of the game, the Parramatta faithful are going to present King Gutho with an actual crown. And when a kickoff comes around, he's going to forget to take it off. And unfortunately, during a tackle of Corey Thompson, he's going to take Corey Thompson's left eye clean out of his head. Poor little Corey Thompson. Wow. Um, because it's weird. Corey Thompson at the moment catches bombs like he's only got one eye. So for me, that will probably blind him. Which eye is using, All right, we're going to move to eighth spot now and rounding out the eight, and I can hear the size in advance. Uh, I've actually got the Canterbury Bulldogs. I've got them making it this year on the back of a sizable shift in their roster. Look, for me, I know we mentioned it on the last pod. I think they've recruited smartly and will be a mover this year. There's no question they have to be because they were cellar dwellers. The question is, how far can they move? I I think the biggest turnaround will be 
what happens in attack uh, with the likes of Josh Adokar, Dufty, Burton. These are guys who generally have a fair few points around them. I know their trials looked average, but I've mentioned before, trial form is a poor guide to see how a season will go, and it means very little. Um, I actually think they're foxing a little bit. I think Canterbury will come out all guns blazing um, in the first third of the comp and rack up a few more wins than people give them credit for, even though it is a tough draw. Uh, we'll go to you first, Mario. Where do you see the dogs landing? Uh, flat on their asses. They will finish 15th <laughs> and be very lucky to not get the spoon again. I think we've forgetting just how, yeah, they've stacked the certain parts of the forwards and a few backs, but they've got no halves. Their halves are a joke. Matt Burton has barely played in the halves and he's playing behind one of the more dominant forward packs of the modern era to go to this Trent Barrett coached rabble that are going to be a joke. And I mark my words, by the middle of the year, Trent Barrett will be looking very tired. Um, I do think Matt Burton might have played a fair bit of his junior footy in the six, but Xander, that's a pretty powerful critique from the great media watch Barrio. Where do you see the dogs landing? Uh, so I'm somewhere between the two of you. Um, I uh, I think they'll be improvers this year. I think they have recru- recruited really well. I, I do hear Mario's sort of questions over the, the halves, but you know, uh, having brought in Burton, Adokar, Naden, Dufty, you know, Vaughan will add a bit of uh, steel. I think, you know, now that he's at a different club, I think he'd lost a bit of his mojo. Pangai Jr. did play very well. Um, yeah, Braden Burns, they're, they're all very good. They're all very good acquisitions. Um, I just think that it, it'll take them a while to gel. So I've got them at 11th. So I, I reckon they'll be improvers, but they'll. I reckon they'll come home with a wet sail, but they won't do enough. They won't have enough to, to make the eight. I just want to add to my point that they have, I think, quite comfortably the worst nine slash seven combination in the competition with only the Cowboys coming close to matching that. Yeah, I actually thought that um, Marshall King's form improved in the last couple of years. I used to rip on him uh, pretty considerably, but in a, in a team that was really average, I actually thought his own personal game was coming along okay. Um, I don't think he's up there as one of your better nines in the comp, but I think he has the potential to do a job. But we'll we'll find out. Maybe I'll be completely wrong. Uh, look, let me move on to our surprises. Uh, for me, it will be Brenton Naden, who finally shows the naysayers what he actually can do. A very talented outside back. He'll hold down the centre spot for the entire year, and he'll actually become the club's leading try scorer. I also think Luke Thompson will have his best season in the NRL by a good margin. Uh, surrounded by a better pack of forwards. Uh, we'll go to you first, Xander. What are your surprise packets over at Canterbury? Uh, so, I, well, I, I think, I don't know if it's going to be a huge surprise packet, but I actually think that Pangai Jr. is going to play really well under uh, Trent Barrett. I know he was a real hothead and he was he was sort of more, like he was he was almost as, as much trouble uh, as he was uh, damage on the field uh, when it came to, you know, penalties and suspensions. But then when he went and played under a, a better regime at the Panthers, he was incredibly effective. So I think he's actually going to have a, a real cracking year. I also think um, that... Uh, uh, this year will will finally be the year that that Kyle Flanagan uh, sort of uh, really gets his mojo. I think he's had a you know a kind of a couple of rough early uh, years in in the competition. You know, I thought he was probably a bit unfairly maligned at the Roosters and had had a bit of a rough time adjusting last year. But I actually think he'll he'll come into his own this year. I don't know if he'll 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 uh, be Dally M half of the year, but um, I think he'll actually be uh, one of their better players and actually find his find his feet a bit more. 
Mm, Mario, he could well be the Dally M number 21 of the year. Uh, if He may not get a run. Um, look, we'll go to you for surprises. Where do you see it? Uh, I see kind of the opposite of the whole Carl Flanagan thing because I see Avarillos being there, the guy who will, I won't say stamp his authority on the halfback position, but sort of be the, the you know, the least worst of their three options with Wakeham and Flanagan just both barely being first uh, reserve grade quality and Avarillo will be the guy that, because Trent Barrett's not a good enough coach, I don't think anyone is going to hold that position all season. I think he'll get the most chances in that spot. Look, I've just realised something, Xander, and I don't know if it's occurred to you yet, but I've, I forgot that uh, Trent Barrett did stab Mario deep in the heart at Manly. I think that's where a lot of this vitriol is coming from. Uh, we're going to go to controversy, though, for the dogs. Now, look, despite leaving the club, I think Adam Elliott will still find an odd and humorous way to bring the club into disrepute this year. Um, I think he'll do it this time by doing a naked rendition of Nathan Cleary's TikTok song, on the Sydney Harbour Bridge wearing nothing but a bulldog scarf. That's just my take. But we'll go to you, Xander. How will the Bulldogs disgrace themselves this year? Well, I'm just hopeful it's not going to be um, an end-of-year um, Mad Monday hotel um, <laughs> incident with the Daily Telegraph again. Yeah, Buzz Rothfield holding it, hiding in a trash can. Yes, well, maybe that's, that'll be their controversy. You know, I'll pick the Bulldogs to find Buzz Rothfield before he before he takes the compromising photo this 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 time around, and they'll get it onto social media first and have the Telegraph as the story as opposed to them. I love it. What about you, Mario? Where will the controversies be? Well, my my big controversy for the Dogs will completely contradict my finishing position for them, but um, in an attempt to get Jacob Ockenmore to actually run in a bloody straight line for the first time in his life. The Bulldogs will hire exclusively 14-year-old cheerleaders, place them behind the opposition in goal. It will work, and the Bulldogs will then go undefeated. Oh, Jesus, I love it. Um, well, we'll finish there, Mario. Thank you for that insight. We're going to go to ninth place on the ladder. I've got the Brisbane Broncos landing in ninth. Um, I actually think they will recapture a lot more of their historical DNA this year under coach Kevin Walters, a person that I have criticised quite often in the past. Uh, but I think they'll hunt as a group for a change. I think he will have them playing as a group, even if they don't always, you know, have the cattle to crack the whip with the with the best teams on their day. Um, I think they will, however, claim several big scouts along the way, uh, guided by the kicking game of Adam Reynolds, obviously, and the destructive running game of Katoni Staggs. They quickly become a tough team to put away in 2022. That's my take. What about you, Mario? Where do you see the Broncos running? Definitely see the Broncos improving because Adam Reynolds is a huge improvement. Although I'm concerned he's going to have the yips on his goal kicking after that grand final performance. Um, what the but Katoni Stags coming back, hopefully playing the full season because he is really fun to watch. I think will propel them up the ladder, but I have them finishing 11th. But in that sort of in that bracket with 9, 10, 11, where they're all sort of on the same points. I've actually taken a real. Uh... Uh, shot in the dark here, and I think they will improve quite significantly. I think they're going to make the top four, so I think they're going to be fourth. Um, wow, that is a huge call. Yeah, so I, my reasoning is is I do think that a lot of the problems of the Broncos is, it was the dead wood and bad culture, and you know, to me, um, players that they got rid of is probably more important almost than the players that they gained. But I do think they've gained some really good players. I, I I think what they really lacked was a really good game manager, um, you know, who could steer them around. And, and it's it, Adam Reynolds. It's very hard to go past a better game manager. Uh, you know, I know that 
South had the knock on that him on him that he was in his thirties and he was injury prone, but he wasn't out that often. And um, his tactical kicking game is 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 still you know probably in the top two three of the comp. Goal kicking as well in tight games, he just brings them home. You know, uh, I do I do like the fact that they've they've uh, acquired um, uh, Kurt Capel and Brenko Lee from the Storm. Those those you know uh, from the Panthers in the Storm. Sorry, I think they're going to bring a lot. And uh, I just do think that um, you know losing. Players like Croft, who you know always looked like he was about to burst into tears, um, you know <laughs> Carmichael Hunt, uh, a lot, like Ben Toll, a lot of these, a lot of these kind of you know like half-assed journeymen, they're all out. I, I do think they're just going to be a much better uh, uh, playing unit this year, and, and I think Tony Staggs, um, who was almost winning games by himself last year with a player like Reynolds putting him into gaps. They're just, they're going to be a much more damaging side aside than people realize. And I think they will be a bit of a surprise packet for, for 2022. Well, it's an interesting take. I totally agree with you when it comes to Capel is one of my favorite underrated players is a hell of an acquisition. I wish I know we can't have everyone um, because we, we have an infinite salary cap. We kind of can. I wish the roosters bought him. Uh, when it comes to surprises though, at the Broncos, I, I have uh, Albert Kelly, going on to actually outshine his halves partner in Adam Reynolds. Now, I've been so impressed with this guy since he's come back into the NRL. I didn't have a much of a rap on him beforehand. I know he's had his problems off the field, but he has just been such a calm head um, at the Broncos since he's come into that system and has really surprised me. I think you'll lead the club's try and line break assists for the year. I also think Corey Pakes will have a breakout year and become the regular number nine. Now, I know he hasn't been named for round one, I think, Turpin has the role at the moment, but I think over time, Corey will take the spot. But we'll go over to you, Mario. What do you see as your major surprise? I agree with you about Corey Pace. Uh, Turpin is garbage, and I don't think he'll last past about round three before uh, Kevin pulls the trigger. But the surprise for me will be Kevin Walters actually survives the full year. I don't know if he'll be retained after that, but I still don't think the Broncos are going to be as good as this, a lot of their fans are hoping and there'll be people calling for his blood as if, you know, that he was the problem, which I'm not convinced he would be the problem. I think there's larger problems at the Broncos that will keep them out of the eight and certainly the top four. Yeah, I think you make some good points. Look, we're going to move on to some controversies, uh, sticking with Jake Turpin, which never happens. No one ever talks about him, but... I think Turpin will actually be unmasked as Brisbane's version of the notorious poo jogger this year. Despite the graphic imagery, he maintains a number 14 bench spot with coach Kevin Walters suggesting the crime was nothing worse than what Tavita Pangai Jr. did last year. Xander, controversies at Brisbane, well, how do you see it? Uh, so I think that um, Adam Reynolds, uh, having run out of uh, uh, body space to tattoo, will actually uh, start tattooing other players in the side uh, to make up for the fact that he's run out of uh, any any spot on his body that he can ink himself and that he will uh, mm. inadvertently give one of them strep or, or tetanus. Um, uh, is, that, is that what it is, a tetanus infection? <laughs> and, during the game? Yes, yes. Let's let's say that. Let's say during the game uh, that, that he'll feel the need to tattoo somebody mid mid game uh, and cause an infection that could well uh, keep them from uh, from winning in the finals. Mm, non consensual tattooing, Mario. It is a a hell of a heinous crime. And I know a girl once did that to me, and I now have a penis that looks a lot like Roy Orbison as a result. And I know it's affected me deeply and emotionally. But where do you see controversies being at Brisbane? Uh, I see Payne Haas will shock the Broncos community by signing for the Dolphins 
early in the season, and then the entire fan base will call for him to be dropped immediately because, you know, he wasn't that good anyway. I'm putting, I'm putting that in air quotes. Fellas, we're going to move on to 10th place now. For me, and I'm not doing this out of sheer spite, I promise you, it's the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, a lot has been said about how much Souths may fall this year. For me, it's completely out of the eight. I can't see them going anywhere but backwards this year with the large vacuum of talent that's left the club. Um, the power game of Luttrell will keep them, I guess, over the line against some of the mid-tier teams, but ultimately I think his frustration will lead to more thuggery and less dynamic form from Luttrell. Uh, you know, the loss of Wayne Bennett and the loss of Adam Reynolds are massive. So for me, it's 10th place for Souths. Uh, we'll start with you, Xander, for another South bash. Yeah, so you and I uh, had them in the exact same spot. I think that yeah, they're not gonna they're gonna not gonna fall too far out of the eight, but I don't see them repeating the efforts of their last couple of seasons. I think their losses are huge. Adam Reynolds was a linchpin for that side. I mean, we, we often talked about uh, how uh, how impressive Cody Walker could be, but whenever Cody, whenever Reynolds wasn't there, Walker was never quite as impactful, I always thought. Um, they don't have the backup of Benji Marshall anymore as well um, uh, to bring on, to, to just sort of add that additional dynamism. That was a, a masterstroke from, from Bennett, bringing him into the side. Um, Sua cracking forward you know that he's going to be a huge loss up front Gagai has been a mainstay of theirs for a long time um you know they've yeah who they've gained is is pretty is pretty average like Havili you know Michael uh Chikem, you know from the Tigers like it, they haven't recruited uh you know much star power in the offseason and I think you're right I think Latrell will team up with with Walker um to do some damage and, and have have the odd um you know, a little bit of an impact here and there, but ultimately, I, I suspect that without um, Bennett's uh, calming influence and the game management of Reynolds and some of that that steel up front that that helped them roll forward, I, I you know, I just I think we'll probably see one of the the more hot-headed side of uh, of Latrell come out more, and you know, he's he's a kind of player. When things go poorly, I just have a, a sneaking suspicion that he may end up sending, spending more time on the sidelines than he does playing this year. Mm, interesting thoughts. Mario, obviously, you know, trials are one thing, but they did have a charity shield game against St. George and they looked pretty ordinary to me. But how do you see South this year? I'm not super far away from what you guys have got. I don't see them dropping out of the eight, mainly because I see the gap from eight to ninth this season actually being... Uh, an obvious one, and so I have South in eighth place. I think they won't be particularly impressive in eighth, and they'll be cannon fodder in the first round of the finals. Surprises now, South's fall from grace will be much larger than, larger than most pundits imagined, fellas. And with the absence of Wayne Bennett seeing South tumble out of the eight, the slide ultimately causes talk to turn to the future of Jason Demetrio. I know it's only his first season, uh, but as we know, Wayne Bennett. Is a very successful coach, but he doesn't tend to leave very successful clubs behind uh, because he's quite a selfish man. That's my surprise, Lozander. What about you? Uh, so I, uh, I'm going to make a, a very wild prediction, and uh, I'm going to uh, say that uh, South will get so desperate uh, in their halves that they're going to try and partner Cody Walker and Latrell in the halves, and and have Latrell play six and and Walker uh, play seven halfway through the season to try and spark their attack and and give them. Uh, 
give themselves some chance of, of, of making the eight. It won't work. Latrell will move back to fullback and lash out at somebody and then be suspended for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. Because obviously he was a major chance of winning it last year had it not been some freak from the North Didn't Shore you already say that knocking him out? Ben Hunt was going to win the Dally M? No, he was going to win halfback of the year. I said oh, Dally okay. M halfback of the year. Cody right, Rush, right, he was okay. the Dally M medal and obviously the Dally M 5-8 of the year. I think without Reynolds there, the left side South focus will be even stronger than it usually has been. That will just go 90% to the left now. And, they will just, and so Alex Johnson will probably feast on the spoils of that. I'm not saying that they're gonna, it's going to drive them to success or anything, but they've still got a quite a good forward pack there, and I think that'll still give Cody Walker enough room and he'll have more importance in the team, so he'll, it'll be his team rather than sharing it with Reynolds or rather than Reynolds in charge. I think Cody will sort of be in charge and maybe make Latrell drift a bit more to the right to help out that side more so than he does, or he's mostly on the left these days. Well, will be very interesting. As we know, historically, Cody has not always loved the extra pressure on his shoulders, but it did appear last year he turned a corner. Now, controversies, fellas. For me, um, I can foresee a hard disk being discovered in the sheds that turns out <laughs> to belong to the great Wayne Bennett. Now, on the disk, police discover a series of Madagascan lemurs in compromising positions consistent with a rare animal fetish. Now, in typical style, when confronted with the allegation, Wayne Bennett told the media to go fuck themselves before sniffing his own crotch in a sexually suggestive manner. What about you, Mario? Controversies at Redfern. What do you foresee? Well, after the South start the year 0-5, Wayne Bennett will return a puppet master role for the rest of the year. But the big controversy will actually be that when someone goes and looks, they'll realise that Wayne Bennett was simply being weekend at Burnie by Russell Crowe. Are we sure that... uh... Are we sure that Russell Crowe hasn't been weekends uh, weekended Bernie by somebody else? I mean, he kind of looks half dead to me anyway. Um, so, you know, between the two of them, they both look a little bit decrepit. Um, major controversy. No, I don't think the plot line of that movie would work if both the players, if, if both, <laughs> if both the actors were dead. Yes, <laughs> just have them sitting there. Uh, animated by some sort of uh, extra force that we can't see. Yeah, my controversy of the year will be Latrell Mitchell. You know, he was kind of thumbing his nose at uh, at, at everybody about what he did to um, his good mate, uh, Joey Manu. Manu didn't think he needs to change the way he's, he plays. He's going to come back harder uh, and probably more spiteful. And I reckon he's going to make himself the headline. And yeah, it's, it's going to all end in tears again. There you go. I can still feel the hurt in your voice there when it comes to Latrell Xander, which is great. Got to keep the hatred strong. Now, we're going to go to 11th place on the ladder. Now, for me, that will be the Gold Coast Titans this year. Uh, now, the Titans defied the critics and made the finals last year. And outside of Patrick Herbert, played quite well in that finals game against the Roosters, if you can all remember. But this year, the expectations will not be as strong. And while their form doesn't go completely down the toilet, other teams start playing better than last year, and that will ultimately leave them floundering outside of the top eight. Uh, my biggest problem with the Titans this year is the inexperienced halves pairing of likely to be AJ Brimson and Sexton. Now, um, I think that will cost them greatly when the going gets tough. Now, we'll go with you, Mario. I actually see the Titans improving massively on last year. I think they were still, you know, flirting with Ash Taylor, and that was not a positive for their club. I think having 
more of an idea and a plan moving forward that the coach has been there a bit longer and I see them sort of settling into his game plan and and, and generally it's more that the bottom nine I personally don't view as being that strong so that I think by default they're going to move up to seven. And it's certainly some good points there made about Ash Taylor, who is, I think, doing pretty well to hold down the number 78 jersey at the Warriors this year. He's trying to make their fourth team. Xander, what about you? Where do you see the Titans? I think they're going to just miss out on the end. I think they're going to get tonight. So I think they'll drop a little bit from last year. They they have lost um, probably more than they've gained, but they, they did pick up Isaac Liu. Um, you know, which I think will actually help them just in terms of uh, the maturity and experience. It's a big loss for us, if if nothing else. Um, and you know, I, I've I've always I've always rated their coach. I do think they've got a decent amount of continuity there with the bulk of their playing group. Question marks over their halves. I just don't don't know if they're gonna they're gonna really be able to do enough to make the eight. But I don't see see them falling too far. Okay. Now, when it comes to surprises, I actually think Jaden Campbell will start to be mentioned in the same breath as his old man as he goes on to become the Titans' most dangerous player in 2022 uh, in a team that I think that will struggle to score points. Uh, we'll start with you, Xander, this time. What are your surprises up at the Gold Coast? This year will be a, a weaker year for for David Fafita. Um, he was touted as being the great saviour of the side last year. He had a few real breakout games. Curious to, to see what he's going to do um, when the pressure is really on this season. Well, he's one of those players, isn't he, Mario David Fafita, who um, sort of goes up and down. When he's devastating, he's devastating, but uh, he's also devastating for the team that that he's supporting because sometimes he goes completely missing. Um, What do you see as the surprises at the Titans? I'd say Fafita as a better Tony Williams, to be honest. Um, But in terms of my surprise, I actually really rate Sexton, and I think he is a good part of why I have the Gold Coast improving. I, I think he's going to do very well there and be, you know, one of the, not one of the top halfbacks in the competition, but, you know, he'll be a solid enough halfback that he will be able to steer the team around pretty well and, you know, help AJ settle into his new position. But I do agree with you about Campbell. I think he's also going to be a very good player. He shows a lot of good signs. Can you give us a quick rundown about Sexton? What are his strengths? What makes him um, a, a really good prospect at the seven? Oh, now you're really putting me on the spot. The, 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 the couple <laughs> of times I saw him play there, I didn't watch that much Gold Coast, to be honest, but I I just liked, he looked he looked calm to me, like he looked like he belonged there in a way that someone like Brody Croft never, ever looked like he belonged. And he just... I didn't see him. I don't see him as someone who's going to do the sort of stupid things that someone like Ash Taylor would do sometimes. Like Ash would would just float in and out of the games. I think Sexton will be just be pre- more ever present. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. He'll be more consistent, which is exactly what the Titans need in the in the halves. They haven't exactly had that over the years, and I think it's a bit of a loss. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, I actually thought it was um you know one of their more consistent halves in recent years. So it's a shame that he's jumped ship. Look, in terms of controversies, for me, um, I know we've mentioned his name already, but it will be Corey Thompson, who dumps the title of being short and formally starts to identify as a little person. Little Corey uses the clean slate to play like a band far beyond his vertical measurement, becoming a demon in the air and snaffling multiple bombs to score some brilliantly acrobatic tries. The number of meat pies scored this year actually earns Thompson the nickname Amelia Earhart, before he too goes missing while flying over the Pacific <laughs> after the season's conclusion. 
His disappearance leads to Bryce Cartwright starting a bizarre online conspiracy that Corey was actually abducted by Bill Gates for the purposes of a little person orgy with Hillary Clinton. That's the way I saw it, Xander. How do you see the controversies unfolding up there at the Gold Coast? Uh, so I just I just see the uh, the lack of local support um, uh, for the Gold Coast uh, becoming endemic to the point where uh, they decide to just completely uh, uproot them and send them to Adelaide uh, just to try their luck down there, and they become the Adelaide Titans by July 2022. Oof, sent to Adelaide, Mario, a fate worse than death. What about your controversies up at the Gold Coast? Oh, mine, mine is almost the exact opposite of Xander's because I think in, in round two when they play the Warriors, people are actually going to turn up to this home game and everyone will be so shocked that the entire season will be called off. <laughs> that would shock me into some kind of state of non-coherence, that's for sure. Um, look, I'm going to move to number 12 on the ladder. Now, that for me is the New Zealand Warriors. It feels like... Number 12 on the ladder is a very coveted spot, like they own that real estate on the ladder, sort of four or five positions away from finals. Um, look, it's always a hard team to judge and never one to trust for a multi-bet for all of the problem gamblers out there. Uh, the Warriors look more impressive this year on paper, that's for sure, but I think injuries and inconsistency will plague them again. Johnson and Walsh um, on the one side is worth the price of admission to watch them play, but Closing out games will remain a major problem. That's my thought on that. Uh, we'll start with you, Xander. Where do you see the Warriors landing? I just don't see enough uh, enough there, you know, in terms of the acquisitions. The Warriors were they, – they could be surprise packets over the last couple of years just, um, you know, just through, I think, solidarity and uh, and, and uh, the kind of shared uh, challenges that they all face having constantly been on the road. Um yeah, I, I actually see see them at, at 15th this year. I just I just don't see really any strike. Them losing two of us as is is a big deal because he was just a major force in their in their um, leadership group and also just in terms of um, getting them up the field. Like his his uh, his return kick returns was just such a, a big factor of their game. Interesting thoughts there from Xander Mario. He's actually got them you know playing worse this year, which is interesting. How do you see the Warriors going this year? Uh, we're almost on, in agreement again. Uh, I have them 14. I think the biggest issue they have is the 5-8 position. I think the clear standout there should be Chanel Harris-Savita. Instead, they're going to put Cody Nicarima there as if he's ever going to be a starting um, a starting quality player rather than a decent 14. Or they're going to put Ash Taylor or God knows who else there. Anyone except the guy that I think is actually good for that position. Their other big issue is that Roger Tuivasa-Shep gave up the full position, the fullback position prematurely just to accommodate Reese Walsh and give him time to develop in that fullback position. And that whiny little ungrateful turd already wants to go back to Brisbane and might never actually go to New Zealand his entire life. He still hasn't had to leave the country and New Zealand's still getting delayed on in terms of going home. So I think that will undermine their season enough that you know the players aren't going to really want to play with Reese Walsh that much. They're not going to respect that from him and that will, you know, cause them to just drop out of a few games where maybe they should have been in them. For what it's worth, I actually um, I thought Cody Nicarima had actually played better football since uh, departing Brisbane for the Warriors and I've never been a massive fan of Chanel Harris-Tavita, but he could well prove me wrong. Now, when it comes to controversies uh, for the Warriors, I think they will lose two competition points for contravening a little-known rugby league bylaw which actually puts a limit on the amount of players with hyphenated surnames that are allowed to play at one time, which that decision actually leads to Chanel Harris-Tavita, Dallin Watani-Zelezniak, 
Adam Fanua Blake and Ben Murdoch Masilla, all forming an unlikely grunge band called the Strong Hyphenated Pilots. Each word separated with hyphens naturally in the band name. Now, they achieve no commercial hits. I need to make that clear. They will achieve no commercial hits. Xander, controversies at New Zealand, what do you see? So I think that they're going to do so poorly this year uh, that they're just going to throw the towel in. They're going to they're going to apply to the the Auckland Blues to switch places to see how they'll go at Super Rugby and if the Auckland Blues can do any better at the NRL. I love it. Of course, it's the fifth time you brought in rugby, and I I, I commend it. I don't know how you I managed you'd to enjoy do it, that. but it's yeah, I love it. Um, now, of course, I have uh, skipped some surprises here. Um, for me, it's Sean Johnson who goes on to defy. His critics to lay on a masterful playmaking season, despite what Zander said, and only a hamstring injury late in the season actually hampers his ability to drag the Warriors into the top eight. We'll go to you, Mario, for your surprises, and then we'll go to your controversies. Uh, the surprise is that Adam Fanua Blake doesn't do anything particularly stupid this year, doesn't bash any women, and doesn't try to take anyone's heads off unnecessarily and, you know, plays most of the season. I don't see it happening, but I love it. Look, we're going to go to number 13 on the ladder. It, for me, it's the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, this has been a side on the slide over the last couple of seasons. Um, the rebuild will very much continue this year, I think, um, with Todd Payton's tough talk continuing to sort of rub players up the wrong way, like Jason Tambalalo, uh infamously last year. Uh, he'll continue to fail to bring the best out of him and some of the better players at the club. I think they're definitely a better team on paper this year than they were last year, but certainly not enough to make any dent in any of the good sides. Uh, Mario, we're going to start with you. Where do you see the Cowboys this year? Don't marvellous laugh. I'm not, I've looked through the draw. I'm not seeing where they're getting a win unless they can take out the Bulldogs in round one. Home games, you've got to give them a decent chance with the Bulldogs. Not quite meshing yet, uh, but yeah, I think I looked at some. I think it was Jason NRL shared some stats today of um, Drinkwater had more try assists and line break assists last year than the two starting halves that they're going to have uh, combined for all of last year, and yet he's probably not even going to be in the starting seventeen. So the Cowboys are, you know, not not putting the right team on the park and given that the team they have is not very good, that's a recipe for disaster. Xander Mario has them coming stone, marvellous last, claiming the wooden spoon in 2022. Um, Scott Drinkwater, I, I think you're quite right. Very good with the ball, Mario, but I think he does lead some rather unfortunate stats when it comes to missed tackles, which could be what Peyton's thinking. But the Cowboys, Xander, where do you see them finishing? Yes, yeah, so I, I do like Todd Peyton as a coach, um, but... Yeah, they just last year they could Is just it be his bald supervillain look. <laughs> there's, a, there's a touch of Lex Luthor about him. Um, mm, a really beefy Lex Luthor with with Superman's eyes. Um, <laughs> he's just very very nice eyes. Um, but I see them at 14th. Uh, I I just you know, like I said, the, the the only way you could describe some of their performances last year was insipid. Um, they haven't really acquired anybody uh, of great note. Chad Townsend's probably the best player they've they've brought on board and um yeah there's there's just been i think they're you know the they're a bit like the broncos um in that they probably need to clean house a bit um and they just haven't done that so i i just can't see them doing mm. much better i don't see them coming stone cold last yeah they have got some some sort of structural issues with the roster don't they i think and it's i think can see this rebuild sort of continuing for at least a couple more seasons 
look, when it comes to surprises, I think for me it'll actually be that man, Chad Townsend, that Xander just mentioned. I think he'll go on to become the Cowboys' most valuable player for 2022 after leading team around admirably during a challenging season. Um, that's something they sort of haven't had, a sort of a cool head in the halves uh, for a couple of seasons, uh, really not since JT. Uh, but Mario, where do you see the surprises for the Cows? Oh, I think, I mean, it's probably not that big a surprise really, but Tamalolo will have a much, much better year. But as we've seen in the past, him having a good year is not necessarily enough to change their ladder position one iota. And unfortunately, despite him being, you know, possibly coming back to being the, the, the game's premier lock, yeah, I, I don't see it actually changing their fortunes with the rest of that team. Yeah, because yeah, he's tried to carry that team on his shoulders single-handedly before and it hasn't worked out too well for them. Uh, look, in terms of controversies, um, look, for me it'll be the shock news uh, that Top Payton isn't in fact bald. Um, he simply shaves his head because he thinks it makes him look tougher than he really is. Uh, Todd ends up breaking down during a really emotional interview with the Channel 9's Tracy Grimshaw on A Current Affair. He apologises to legitimately bald men across the nation for his faux pas uh, and follically challenged appropriation. Uh, NRL Twitter refuses to accept his apology, of course. What about you, Mario, in terms of controversies? Round 14 comes around and the Cowboys are still winless. Bob Catter drives his latest convertible Tesla onto the field after 20 minutes and just starts shooting the Dragon players at random. <laughs> I don't know if that's so much a prediction or a, or a media watch Mario it's, it's, wet dream. Yeah, but, uh, just something of a fever dream. Murdered in cold blood. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, what about you when it comes to controversies up at the Cowboys? Yeah, I think uh, mid-season Jason Taumalolo will actually um, uh, quit the team to join the Palmer United Party. Um, where he'll be the local representative for North Queensland. Uh, look, we'll move on to 14th on the ladder. For me, it's the Tigers. Look, I haven't even got any notes scrolled here because it feels like I know this off the top of my head. Um, the 11-year rebuild under Madge will continue to be stacked brick by brick at a glacial pace for the Tigers. Um, although slipping one position behind last year, the Tigers faithful will insist this is all part of the strategy and it will be the usual content with mediocrity. Uh, we'll start with you, Barrio. Where do you see the hapless Tigers? I have no idea how I came up with this, but I'm going to stick with it. I've got the Tigers in Kent. Okay, are you delirious? I may have been when I made this list. I've been happy enough with the rest, but that one confuses me. I can only mm. think that basically they know that they've recruited well for next season, so there's a bunch of fringe players who are going to have to really try and step up their game to prove that they are worthy of being in the team moving forward that is going to be an improved team in 2023. And that, you know, they're either going to say, here we are, we deserve this spot, or at least, hey, Redcliffe, give us a go. Xander, it looks as though Barrios had a, made a, a major blunder there with his Excel spreadsheet. I think he's got that one wrong. But where do you see the Tigers this year? Well, you're going to think my my Excel my algorithm is not running even uh, all that well uh, uh -oh. either because I've got them at eighth. Um, Holy shit! <laughs> I think we should just pull the plug on this whole podcast. What do you, um, think? you know, and and to be honest, uh, it is down to the fact that um, and this is going to sound like a fever dream, but. Uh, that uh, Jackson Hastings is coming in, and I think that he has been pretty. He, he's, I think he's matured in the Super League. We had this discussion last time, um, and uh, I do think uh, between him and Adam Dewey, though, and, and Luke Brock, Brooks, they've got the nexus of a of a of a good, um, I think, creative core group of players there that that can actually do something. Like they've 
they've shown some real steel at times in the past few years. Um, and I do think that they probably just lacked a little bit of structure and a little bit of game management. I'm, I'm wondering if this is a year where they finally find a bit of that. Yeah, interesting. Look, in terms of surprises, I'm actually going to stick with Jackson Hastings. Um, and I agree with you, actually. I think he'll become a calming element on the club, would you believe it, um, during what will be another challenging year. And so much so that he decides to actually bake for the team pre-match, becoming renowned for his lemon meringue pie in the process. That's my view, Mario. What about you in terms of surprises for the Tigers? You've already given me. You've already given me one of them. You've stolen my answer. Like tenth. You've stolen my answer. I wanted Jackson Hastings. My, I'm going to have a bad surprise for the Tigers, which is that the the halves should be Jackson Hastings and Adam Duaty. Luke Brooks should just be jettisoned in the summer set for Newcastle. However, the surprise is going to be Dewey playing in back in the centres and just continuing to kill it while the entire fan base, in fact, all the NRL fan base, scream at Madge saying, what the fuck are you doing? Put him in the house where he belongs, but of course Madge won't listen. So I feel like the penny might have dropped there, but I... You know, you never know with match. It may never drop. Uh, look, we'll go to controversies then. Now, for me, after learning that Hastings' lemon rang pie was laced with crystal methamphetamine, the club sacks Hastings as its head chef. That's my controversy. What about you, Mario? Uh, mine is that when Penrith play against the Tigers, Danny Laurie will accidentally run onto the field in his Penrith jersey and then line up on the wrong side of the field. Uh, my controversy uh, for the year will be uh, that... Uh... Just just because I know it'll annoy you, that uh, one of their breakout players will be Junior Tupo from Rugby Union. Um, just going to have a cracking year. No one will see it coming because he's come from, from Union and no one will know his, his name. Uh, but uh, that he'll be he'll be one of their leading try scorers. I don't even know what position he plays, but I'm just going to put it out there. Thanks, Xander. Look, that'll be all bleeped out on the final edit, but thanks for contributing that. Now, um, 15th on the ladder, I've got the Canberra Raiders narrowly missing a wooden spoon. Now, this will be the season the Raiders seriously contemplate sacking Ricky Stewart as coach of the club. Uh, players who have performed well in the past, like Chans, Whiten, Hodgson, will all have less impact this year. While the plan was for Jamal Fogarty to play at seven, his long-term injury derails the season before it's even began, and uh, certainly little depth is around to actually replace him. So I think that will actually put them off kilter from the start. Um, the Raiders become a rabble in 2022 and the reception from the fans is frostier than one of the city's harsh winter nights. Xander, how do you see the Raiders going this year? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not too far off you, but not quite as not quite as low. I see the Raiders at 12. I, I don't think they've uh, recruited enough uh, in the offseason. Um, their losses are... Uh, probably more significant this year. I mean, who have they? They've they've got uh, Adam Elliott from the Bulldogs and Nick Kotrick is probably the best players that they've got. George Williams is gone. Um, Havili's gone. He was pretty good. Curtis Scott, um, you know, Ryan James, Bailey Simonson. There's just not enough there, and I think that um, it's kind of getting to a point for, with that side as well where Ricky's intense style is starting to wear on the, on the the playing group as a whole. Um, so I just I see them struggling. I mean, they were, they were really disappointing last year, and I just don't see a way back for them. Mario, Xander and I have been pretty savage on the Raiders. Where do you see them tracking? Um, I also see them in 12th. Um, I think that um, getting Proud Mary down from Gold Coast is actually an astute signing, and I think that will help keep them away from that bottom echelon. But in reality, I just don't think they've got enough. I think 
you know, Josh Hodgson's already getting too old and isn't that great now, and he's only going to get worse as the year goes on. And yeah, but the one thing that maybe helps him is Jared Croker being dropped, so that perhaps suggests Ricky is is starting to pay attention to how shit Croker has been for some time now. So maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll start to make some good decisions in that direction and picking in the backs. But who knows? Yeah, look, um, I agree with you on, on Jared Croker. In fact, I, I had this written before it actually happened, but I think the big surprise, uh, no longer a surprise, I suppose, is that Jack Whiten uh, will continue to struggle in the halves and it will see the former <coughs> Dallium winner uh, move to the centres and replace Croker, who actually has his career ended prematurely before the season's out. Xavier Savage, he'll move into the number six jersey for the remainder of the year. Those were my surprises at the Raiders. What about you, Mario? Surprise will be when people realise Xavier Savage isn't actually fast. Somehow people didn't notice at the um at the trial the other day when he made a rather sad and lame attempt to catch Jason Saab and Saab just jogged away from him and you know ended up in a different postcode from him. Bit of a tough judge there, Zed. Saab is probably the fastest man at the comp. Um, in terms of surprises, where do you see the Raiders shocking the world? I, I actually think this is going to be a uh... A good year for um, for Nick Kotrick, who uh, was was solid, I thought, at the Bulldogs, and um, probably if there's going to be any strike um, for the Raiders, it'll be through him. He was much better for the Green Machine than he was for the Blue and Whites. I know that's uh, not saying much because mm. the the Canterbury struggled down at the very bottom of the table, but I hope for his sake he can recapture some of his previous form because he was pretty good when he first came into the comp. Uh, now, in terms of controversies, I think it will be Ricky Stewart becoming so infuriated during the late part of the season that he attempts to insert the Viking horn up the Raiders mascot's clacker at the 65th minute, earning him a life ban from Canberra Stadium and lifelong bowel problems for Victor the Viking. What about you, Mario? Where do you see the controversies lying for the Raiders? Um, during their first win of the season, Corey Harawiranara will shock everybody by not hitting on any of the 12-year-old girls that ask him for an autograph. <laughs> this is a recurring theme here from Mario tonight. <laughs> now, we're coming to the wooden spooners for Eamon Brown and for 2022. Uh, that sort of, that <laughs> very strange honour, uh, sorry, very dubious honour, I should say, is the Newcastle Knights. Now, it's really difficult to see where the light is for the Knights this year. Uh, Johns is on the coaching staff. Well, I guess that will help to some degree. But the lack of troops on the ground in both the forwards and the backs will test the club's resolve as cricket scores are racked up against them. The halves pairing of Jake Clifford and Adam Clune will also get voted the most vanilla combination the game has seen since Daniel Wagon partnered with his twin brother Gavin for the Eels back in the late 1990s. Mario, we're going to start with you. Where do you see the Newcastle Knights going this year? Uh, when I realised a, a pick or two ago that where you had the Knights, I honestly found myself shocked because I have the Knights. I I quite like both their halves. I think they're, both, they're, they're not wonderful, but they're both competent and I think they could work well enough together because neither are particularly dominant. I think they, they can go well. I think Ponger, you know, if he can have a, a relatively injury-free year, you're never going to... You're going to win enough games with Ponga there just doing his thing to certainly avoid the spoon, in my opinion. And I think people like the Saifidi brothers and David Clemmer are all going to have better, even better years than last year, you know, continue to improve and do enough in the forwards to you know, bring the, the halves along. Xander, I think that's my, my issue. I do think Kalen Ponga is a wonderful player, but I do wonder in this team if 
defensive sides will start targeting him without another genuine line of attack. Um, where do you see the Knights going this year? I took one look at their list and came to the same uh, you know, same conclusion. You didn't put them at last. I just, yeah, I, I just yeah, don't two see... Two wooden spoons. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people... I've, I've seen some people put the Dragons there. I don't see the Dragons, obviously, there. But I, I, I really don't see a way up for them. Um, they've gained Dane Gagai, you know, I think is probably at the back end of his career at this this stage in terms of his form, like he's, you know, he ha- he was probably better last year for the, for South, but, uh, you know, in a very good back line. He's not going to be in a very good back line this year. Xander, um, should um, Dane Gagai be made to crawl back through some kind of doggy door, seeing as he did abandon the club to head off to South earlier? And now that his form's all dried up, he's sort of come crawling back, hasn't he? <laughs> he's, he's come back come back to, to give them the absolute dregs. It's almost an insult, isn't it? Um, <laughs> now but, that my knees yeah. are shot, I might come back to you guys now. <laughs> You, you can have me at my worst. They've lost Blake Green as well, who I think did provide them with a little bit of um, uh, uh, leadership. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> well, you know, he, like, that just came was, out. Sorry. But um, he, he did. Like, I mean, I think that Blake Green, when he was on, like really did really did contribute to that team. And I just think that they've, they've really they've really lost maturity and and um, and creativity in, in, in a big way. And they weren't doing that well with those players. So... Yeah, I just don't see them. I, I, I don't see a way up for them. Uh, in terms of surprises, now I've got Kalen Ponga's personal form actually taking a, an absolute nosedive uh, after the first third of the competition, so much so that it actually costs him his position in the Maroons team. That's my view, though. Mario, we're going to go to you next, buddy. Uh, where do you see the surprise packets being for Newcastle this year? I, I think Adam Clune, I think, will be behind a better forward pack than he was last year. And where I already think he looked okay, and I think he'll be pretty good. As I said, not not wonderful. He's not going to set the world on fire, but I think he'll be pretty good and surprise a few people who thought that he wasn't much of a sign. Yeah, interesting take. What about you, Xander? Where do you see the surprises lying in the Steel City? I actually concur with you. I think that uh, this is going to be a very poor year for 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 and Pongo. Like he's always been suspect in defence. We're going to see that on steroids this year as they, they lack any go forward in any direction. And he'll be asked to do more and will be found wanting. Yeah, there you go. That's interesting. We've both got them down the bottom because I don't think the zeitgeist of rugby league has Newcastle tracking that badly. But I just have a, a feeling that there's going to be some doom and gloom around the Knights this year. Now, we're going to move to controversies for our last prediction of the season. And for me, it involves that man, Adam Clune, again. I can't believe he's getting this much publicity on the podcast. <laughs> but... Clune actually admits this year, comes clean, that he's really a 56-year-old man. In a tell-all interview with the Newcastle Gazette, Clune said he only lied about his date of birth because of the country's obsession with youthful looks, claiming he would never have gained a shot at NRL first grade if he was candid that he had a 33-year career as a mildly successful periodontist. That's a bit of a mouthful to say. Mario, what about you in terms of controversies? Um, I... I believe that Joey's coaching secrets will cause a huge issue when the entire Knights team can't resist the lure of the Eckies. They stop playing for 10 minutes when the ground speakers play the extended remix of Mr. Bane. I love it. And in fact, I can see it happening. That's what I really love about it. Uh, Xander, we're going to finish with you. Controversies up at Newcastle. Feels like those two things are sort of inextricably linked, but 
Go for it, mate. Tee off. With uh, Andrew Johns having taken um, a role in the coaching uh, setup, um, I think you'll see some very creative moves um, uh, to try and shift players into the halves. They're going to try and uh, uh, put Daniel Saifiti at number six after running out of options mid-season, but they still will come last and Andrew Johns will be sacked uh, before the end of the season. Oh, poor Joey. So we're going to end on a very sombre note for Joey Johns. But look, it has been an absolute marathon potty, gents. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun and we jammed it all in. I'm not sure what the running time for the, the show is going to be, but I hope everyone um, at home enjoys the start of the competition. I know I'm extremely pumped. Um, I'm actually more keyed up than Chip Jones after three lines of coke. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is Chip Jones so, over in, in, in Russia at the moment fighting for Putin or... Um, oh, well, I know his allegiances do lie with V-Poots, um, so I can only imagine he's trying to get into the border. Uh, but we won't delve into that, right? Don't finish on a really unsavoury note there. That's not what we want to do. Voluntary tacklers, thank you for your time. And until next time, uh, just do what an angry stingray would do and become an overzealous Australian iconoclast. See you next time.